Good morning, everybody. Today, Mitzvah Hashem, we learned Daf Kuf Beis in Maseches Yevamos. Andrew working on his tick necklace, tish necklace for Lainey. For anniversary is coming up in August. Eleven lines up from the bottom of Kuf Aleph Amud Beis. Two dots. Amar Rava Tzrichei Dayanay LeMikveh Duchta. Okay, an interesting aspect. We're talking about the different aspects of Chalitza. We started Parak Mitzvah Chalitza yesterday, Andrew. Do you notice that? So he said that. One of the things is, it has to be sort of like a deliberate location. You, so what would be the contrast to that? Uh, if we're hanging out here, right, and somebody came in, a Yavam and Yavama, and they said, can we please do Chalitza? We would have to say, okay, but let's go into the rabbi's study. That kind of thing. Like we have to go to a deliberate location. That's what that means. Because that's what it says, that's what it alludes to in the Pasuk. It says, that you have to... Like change locations and go to the gate. So it doesn't mean that you have to go to the gate, but it means that the location has to be deliberate and predate, so to speak, the procedure. Okay. Furthermore, so another detail that they would have five. Now we had just said that we paskin that you need three dayanim. So why do they go five dayanim? Ask the mark. Come on, Kabihuda. Is it because they hold that Kabihuda who held that you need five dayanim originally? The Haderbei, but we had just learned yesterday that Rabbi Yehuda changed his mind, and he no longer wants it at five. He agreed with the Tanakhama that the number of dayanim was three. So the Gemara says, true, but they did have the practice of doing five anyway. Why? Lefarsume milsa says the Gemara, because they would have three for the, be the judges, and then two additional men to be mefarsim for the publicity, um, and it's important to publicize so that people know. Right, now that this woman can marry Lashuk, etc. So now, and that's an important thing, right? To, to, to let them know, this, this, this former Yevama who was unavailable is now, is now available for Shiduchim. Okay. Uh, story time. Ravashi, Iklalavei Rav Kahana. So when Ravashi went to Rav Kahana, Amalei, Salik Mar, Lagabon, Lamalui, Bechamisha. He said, Baruch Hashem. Rav Kahana said, Ah, oh, hey, it's a good thing you showed up, Ravashi, because now you can uh, make the minion, so to speak, the, the minion of five, right? The chamisha. So Amar of Kahana, Hava Kamina Kameder of Yehuda, the Amar Li. So Rav Kahana said, by the way, one time I was in front of Rav Yehuda, and he said, Tasak Lazirza Dekane, yeah, pull up a chair, or uh, as was in those days, uh, read Matt, and leads to Rufu Chamisha to join our minion of five. So Amar Lo, Lama Li Chamisha. What, what do you need five? They ask me. So I'm a little So a story to illustrate our idea that even though the number of Dayanim that you need is three, it was customary to have five in order to publicize the event of the Chalitza. Another story. Again, he said, pull up a chair or a reed mat, as it were, to join the five. Oh, so in this second version, or this other version, he says Farish that the reason why he's pulling it up is in order to be in Farsim Milsa. So Amalei Taninas, or Shmuel Bar Yehuda, said back to him, you know, the Brisa says, Be Yisrael, Beveis Din Yisrael, Velo Beveis Din Shalgerim, Ve'ana Ger Ana. Oh, so Shmuel Bar Yehuda would have loved to join this uh, five, but now the story has a twist. He recused himself from being on the Bezdin because of an illustration of an earlier uh, halacha that we had learned, that when it comes to chalitza, you need to have 
uh, FFBs or Jews from birth and not Gerim. And he said, I am a Ger. So you see that this Ger, and you'd expect Gerim to be very sincere, right? Because after all, they're, they, they've chosen this, right? And so he was a very sincere and beyond reproach. And so, Amar Rav Yehuda, as a response to that, Kigon Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, Mepiknam Amona Apume. He is so beyond reproach and his integrity is so high that I would take money from somebody based off of his testimony, just his word. To which the Gemara asked, You think that you would take money? After all, you know, with regards to Dina Nefashat, but also with regards to Dina Mamanus, you need Adis, and Adis requires two. You can't just do it on the word of one person. Rather, what, the, what he meant was, Elamarana Shtara Pume. Meaning, yeah, okay, it's a figure of speech, Andrew. He doesn't mean literally. He means that he would downgrade, let's say, as Rashi says, last Rashi and Kufal from Beis, Diomer Yadanabe de Priya, for example, right? So there, he is saying, I happen to know, I see this star, but I happen to know that this loan that's written up in the star was already paid off. So you'd have to, you believe him, right, implicitly. You would know that he's telling the truth because that's a scenario you don't need actual edus. And of course, he is completely beyond reproach, right? You, uh, you know, in, in business matters, it does not surprise you that this Gare, who is so sincere, is going to be the first guy you're going to trust when it comes to all these matters. And so he was, uh, came out with the truth right away. Full integrity. Very, very nice. His name is Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yehuda. Isn't that interesting? When your name is Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yehuda, you would think that he would not be a ger, because it sounds like he has a uh, Jewish death. So we've got to know the whole story there. That Rashi explains, That's, So it's confusing, right? So that's, that's the point. His father also is a ger. So they were, his name was Shmuel, not Shmuel, and his father's name had not been Yehuda. But at the end, he was able to go up, Yamod, Shmuel, by Yehuda. So it, a lot of people didn't realize that he was a Ger. Okay, last words on Kafal van Beis. Amarava, oh, we're at Kaf Beis Amaral. Here we go. Ger, Don, Eschaber, This idea of a Ger not being a Dayan, that is not necessarily in every case. So first of all, he could certainly judge his fellow Gerim. That's true. Um, now, we have to understand that this is copy and paste from Lamed Bays in Sanhedrin, and it's referring to Dine Nefashas. When it comes to Dine Mamanus, a ger can be a Dayan altogether, right? He could be a Dayan for all Dine Mamanus cases. But Dine Nefashas, a ger would only be able to be a Dayan for another ger. Shneemar, because over there it says, Okay, this is obviously in the Sugi where we say that we put, where we give, put ourselves a king. And then, that you're supposed to put over yourself a king, right, from one of your own. That means that only over yourself, only uh, for, uh, Jews from birth require king from amongst your brothers. But a ger can judge another ger. So the this authority, seems to imply not only to king, but also to judge. Okay. But if his mother is Jewish, so then he could judge over a Jew. Well, yeah, we know that. We, we believe in maternal lineage. So if his mother is Jewish, she is a Jew. But that's not true for everything. And that's the punchline here, Andrew. 
Because the Pasuk says, with respect to Chalitza, And therefore, we find an unusual irony that whereas, let's say for Dine Nefashos, uh, if, the, if only the mother is Jewish, you could be a Dayan, Lecholadeos, for everything. You, you could Dayan Dine Nefashos, put a guy to death. But not so for Chalitza. Chalitza is the most Machmir. You need both the father and the mother to be Jewish out of a limit from the Pasuk. Okay? Very good. Seven lines down. Kofbeus Samad Aleph, shoe dog. Let's talk some shoe. Are you ready for some shoe talk? Oh, I saw you. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You brought your, your blue leather today for the shoe talk. So you knew this was coming. Amar Raba, Amar What are they called? Yeah, the Harachis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to, yeah, next time you're going to take the Harachis out of their glass case in, at home. That was a fascinating way of saying this. You know, we do have, this is obviously um, an indication that we're going to have some things about this shoe that we don't exactly know. I mean, the, the, the Torah said shoe, right? Now, go define a shoe. Uggs, is that a shoe? Or Crocs a shoe? Like, what really is a shoe? Something that goes on your foot? Does it have to be a strap? Does it have to be of leather? So we're not 100% sure. We're going to see some tekus over here. Um, so, but there are certain things we're certainly sure of, which is what this means, or certainly have become the minag Yisrael, such that even if Elio and, and Novi came, so if Elio and Novi came and said, you know what, you need to have a min'al. So the, way, the best way I can describe a min'al is that it's kind of like a... Um, I guess I would say kind of almost like a croc in the sense that it has like a preformed aspect to it and doesn't need to be strapped on. Okay. So so let's call it like a like a croc except for not out of croc material. In other words, it has its own form. It doesn't need to be strapped on. Like one of those black doctor clogs. Yeah, a black doctor clog perhaps, which these days is crocs. I don't know when you were last in the hospital. Oh, right, right, right. Like the like in the eighties and that that George Clooney wore in the show ER. Oh, that's what Doe Frankel wears. Okay, so we'll call him Doe Frankel shoes. So im show him love. We're having too much fun today. It's Arab Shabbos. You're feeling it already. So if Eliyahu love Hanavi said that you could use Doe Frankel shoes for Chalitza, we're going to listen to him. Uh, but if Elio Novi were to say, Ein Cholzin Besandal, Ein Shomimlo. But obviously, sandal, that's like the classic shoe. In Israel, they call it Sandalei Tanach, right? That we had a lot of shoe dog stuff in Masechus Shabbos. We were talking about the different things um, that would qualify as a shoe, right? In order to not be uh, over Hotzah. So, anyway, a sandal is the classic Sandalei Tanach with the strap. That's for sure. So if Elio came and said, you can't use that. We would be like, no, that's what we've always used. And of course, it's not true. So again, Ravari Leibowitz, a great Tafiyomi master, is going to get involved in the whole sugya of how much are we relying on Elio, right? We say he's going to be Mitaritz Kushios Ve'abayos. But, you know, first of all, it's, uh, it's not 100% clear. He's not the Gadol Hador per se. He is supposed to be Mashiach, a Gadol. But, and a halachic genius. But then again, he hasn't really been part of the mix for a long time. So Minhagim, as the Gemara will say here, we have sources also that indicate otherwise. But here in this Gemara, we're going to see, if you've had a Minhag with respect to what's considered a shoe for a long time, Eliyahu would defer to the Minhag. Okay? 
So that's a, this is one, indi- so there's certain cases where Minhagim will be overruled by Elio, and there's certain cases where, like this, the Gemara certainly is going to show you that Minhag, whatever Minhag develops into the definition of a shoe, will even trump whatever Elio is going to say. He's going to come and he's going to say, I thought the halacha was like this. Oh, but you guys have been doing that? Okay, so you could use that for Chalitza as follows. Says the Gemara. Shikvar nahaguha ambis sandal. See? In other words, Sandal has certainly become the accepted practice. So Eliyahu is going to come and say, oh, I didn't realize that was halacha. You guys, you could keep doing that. Verb Yosef, Amar of Kahana, Amar Rav, So they say the opposite. Uh, no, they say, not the opposite. They say that with regards to Minhal, so what's the difference in the stories? In the first story, which says that if Eliyahu says, you should use a Minhal, we would listen to him. Here, if in this case, you say you don't use a Minhal. In Rabbi Yosef's version. And then Shomin Lo. So then we would say, okay, fine. So we can't use a dope for ankle shoe? Fine. Ein Cholzin Besandel. But if Eliyahu Navi said Ein Cholzin Besandel, so here in this version of Rabbi Yosef also, we would say Ein Shomin Lo. Now we don't listen to that. We never listen to Eliyahu if he says not to use a sandal. Shekavar Nahagu Am Besandel. Like that's already something that's been established enough that we would never listen to him. Okay? That's in the, you know, museum in Prague. You go and the museum that Hitler Machimo made to uh, show how this extinct uh, um, nation of the Jews used to live. So they have a, a, a sandal of chalitza, and it's a sandal. It's always been a sandal for a long, long time. Even Mashiach would concede to that. But the minal, the Dov Frankel shoe, is a little bit is a little bit questionable. So the Rabbah version is that if he says that you can use it, then we would listen to him. The Yosef version is, if he says you can't use it, we would also listen to him. So ask the Gemara, my now, what's the difference between the Rabbah and the Yosef version? Yeah. In other words, it sounds like in that, um, that the Rabbi Yosef is allowing it. Okay. So, like, in other words, the difference is, what do we hold now? Do we, would we hold the Dov Frank or not? So says the Gemara, and according to Rabbi Yosef, who sounds like he would use a dough frankel shoe as chalitza, even the chalitza of Atanan. We learned in our very own Mishnah, the chalitza b'minal chalitza sa We said that a min'al is kasher. Whenever we say that it's kasher, that implies that it's kasher b'dievet, not l'chatechila, right? In other words, it doesn't say, yeah, take that dough frankel shoe and use it for chalitza l'chatechila. It just says that if you did it, b'dievet it's mutter, right? D'yevet in l'chatechila lo. So how do you reconcile that with Yosef's version that makes it sound like it's l'chatechila? So says the Gemara, who hadin dafil lechatchila? That when we said that it's kasher, we didn't mean to imply that it's only kasher b'diavid, but rather that it's according Rabbi Yossi would say that it's even lechatchila. The idea the Bible means is seifa be'anpiliyah chalitzasa pesula v'dafilu diavid tananami reisha diavid. Right? That in the so basically when we said that it was kasher, we were only just mirroring mirroring the language, and we see this all the time. Right? The the language of the Mishnah earlier had said that a sock and an empilia is puzzle even b'dievid. So we were just sort of playing off of that and saying that whereas a sock is puzzle, a dope frankel shoe, a minal is kasher. But we didn't mean to say that it's kasher b'dievid. We, we were just mirroring what we said by a sock. And really, the Lashon uh, did not mean to imply b'dievid, but rather that even the chatechila you could use a minal. Okay. Says the Gemara, minal chatechila tanai. This, this whole idea of whether a dope frankel shoe is lechatchila or not, a minal, is actually machlokas tanaim, the tanya. Amar Yosi. 
Because she says, Pam Machasalakti Lin Sivin, which is a place, and Matsatsi Zakin Echad, I found an old man and a martilo klumatabaki berbi hudabin besera. Do you know do you know your Rabbi Hudabin Besera stuff? He says, Ah, I'm Ali Hen. Boy, do I know my Rabbi Hudabin Besera, like the back of my hands. He says, Okay. What are you talking about? He comes to my house for Shabbos like every other week. He's like a Ben Bias, Rabbi Hudabin Besera. So he says, Good. So let me ask you a question about one of his practices. Have you ever seen him do a chalitza? So I'm Ali, I saw it many times. So, so what did he use? Did he use a minal or did he use a sandal? So, what, who uses a dough frankel shoe for chalitza? His shoe. It says na'alo. In other words, here's where, we, here's where the rubber hits the road, right? Na'al is like a sandal. Min'al is like a dough frankel shoe. It has its own shape kind of thing. So he says, so he's not even talking about what Rehuda ibn Busera did. He's just saying, like, Kishtagata? Um, of course we use A now. So I'm going to leave you. Right? So so I said to this old man, Rehuda said it was good. In other words, if the Torah itself is saying not to use a Minal, and that's how you're interpreting the Pasuk, so why would a Minal be good? Even Bidiyadin? Mr. Yaakov, Omer Mishmo. So Rabbi Yaakov then follows up and says in the name of Rabbi Meir that to explain, In other words, if it's good enough, then that means that it falls within the definition of a shoe. And once it falls into the definition of a shoe, then it should even be good. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So now the Gemara is going to say, okay, so it sounds like there's a machlokas here. So, so if you're going to say, it all depends on how you read the, the word na'alo. And, and once you fit into the definition of na'alo, even bediyevin, then it should also be good l'chadchila. So how could you ever have a shita that, okay, bediyevin, it works, and l'chadchila not. So says the Gemara, Well, maybe it's because the upper section of this min'al is considered right on the yavim's foot. So arkasa me'al d'me'al. And the strap... Right, that rests on the upper section is considered to be like on top of the section that's on top of the foot. This is like another way of saying um, that a min'al, right? The Torah said min'al, right? And so what happens is, right, that, that is what the Torah says, by the way. The Torah uses the word min'al, um, right? So it says, v'nigshah, um, I'm reading from Dvarim Chafei Tes. Okay, so that's where it describes a type of shoe. But it says, She takes the shoe off of his foot. So guess what, Andrew? That means that the shoe has to sort of be touching his foot like almost without a chatzitza, so to speak. I wonder whether they even use a sock. Maybe the sock would be part of the foot. But the point is, there's not supposed to be, it's supposed to be directly off of his foot. So you're not supposed to have like a shoe on top of a shoe on top of a shoe. The shoe has to be taken off his foot, not off of another shoe that's on his foot. Okay. So right, and the strap that rests on the upper section of this is considered to be a meal de meal, right? It's like on top of on top of that. And so if the issue is that it's on top of something that's on top of the foot, so then if so then that would should that is directly against the way the Torah describes the shoe, and thus, even if it, the the minal 
portion is not a problem. Even if when it says na'alo, you would say normally that part is not the issue because it's worn as a shoe. But it has a technical issue that it can't be me'al. So then you disqualify it even based off of that. So no. So we'd say that could be, but, yeah, but that's not the reason, right? In other words, we don't have a problem with the me'al. That's not the issue with the me'al. The real issue with the me'al that would make it Again, because if the issue was the me'al de me'al, then it wouldn't be also l'chadchah even. So what is, uh, the, what is it about a me'al that would allow us to use it b'di'evet, but not l'chadchila? The fact that it's a gezerah. Because of a min'al merupat. Ah, this is the whole thing about the Dovi Frankel shoe. That it doesn't f- cover your whole shoe. It's like one of these old school ER Crocs. And so it covers enough of the foot to qualify now. But if it gets ripped, then already it's not covering enough of the foot. And so therefore they have a gazera. That's one possibility. Or inami mishum chatsi min al. Some people mistakenly use the old Dobie Frankel shoe when it was a resident, where it was only a chatsiya min al. Yeah, the Dr. Scholl's, where it was just like a small, I knew you'd be all over the sugya. So, so it was just a small amount of the foot. And so that's, that's the point. In other words, the, the, the Dobie Frankel shoe in its current form is fine, but it's a little bit too close to comfort when it gets ripped or if it gets compromised at, where it would actually lose the status of a shoe. So if we see that that's, that you used one that actually qualified, we'd say, okay, that's fine, it worked. But uh, we wouldn't recommend it because it could either get ripped or be a, a smaller version and therefore it would not be kosher. And so that's why we don't encourage it. Fine. Okay, I'm a Rav. So says Rav now, Ilav de Chamise le Chavive, his, his uh, uncle, Rabbi Chia, right? If, uh, if I had not seen my uncle, Chamise le Chavivi, so he was his uncle and I loved him. Chamise here is my, my beloved uh, uncle, okay? The Chalatz Besandal de Isle Shinsin, if I didn't see him, right, preside over a Chalitza that had Shinsin straps, uh-huh. I would have only used an Arabian sandal, but I saw him once use a sandal with straps. Okay? Okay. Uh, so there's two different kinds of sandals. This one that he, that Rabichia uh, used, apparently, was not as tight. Was not as tight. Okay. And so Rav is saying, I would have thought that that wouldn't even be good. I would have used an Arabian sandal, as Rav continues to explain, to me, because the one, the Arabian sandal is very, very tight. The Haidi done, and the sandal that we use, Afagav de Isbe Chumra, even though, uh, in this Chumrasa, uh, Chumrasa means a knot, even though there's a knot, Katrina Bey Misna, it's still, we tie a long strap to it, so we make it very tight. Because we want, when the Yavama does the Chalitza, that she really, really undoes a nice, tight tie. We want it to be a real chalitza. Okay? Now we're going to talk about three details of chalitza as follows. In the name of Yehuda, in the name of Rav, as follows. Simon Hataras Yivama Nesandal. That's the mnemonic. Here we go. Amar Yehuda. Amar Rav. Hataras Yivama Lashuk Bishmitas Roiv HaEkev. Ah, at what point is the chalitza chal, so to speak, right? In other words, how much of the shoe do you have to take off where she's already... This is now we're gonna now we're gonna really break it down frame by frame. We're gonna um, analyze this chalitza video like the Sapruder, uh, this Sapruder um, film 
of the Kennedy assassination. We're going to say at which frame is the chalitza actually chal. So we're taking down the, taking off the minal slowly. So meisve, let's see. So first of all, we say rov ha'akev. So it has to be most of the heel. Most of once, in other words, let's, um, you got to imagine, um, it's easier, I guess, to envision with a Dovi Frankel actual crock or shoe. Because as you're taking it, which way are you taking the shoe off? Forward, right? You're exposing the heel first. Right, okay, so you're sliding it out. Okay, so you're sliding it out forward, and once most of the heel is exposed, that's pretty much taking your shoe off, right? So then the chalitza is chal. So, however, we have the following brisa to contradict, perhaps. Once the straps of the min al or a sandal become untied, or most of his foot was taken out of his shoe. Chalitza subsula. The chalitza, the chalitza is invalid. Wait, what? Why? Says the Gemara, time the shama too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That particular Bryce is talking about shamat rovarega. Look what happened here. The guy, what's supposed to happen? The woman is supposed to take the shoe off the dude. Okay? But the dude took off the shoe himself. He said, let me handle this. Well, that's puzzle. Because by then, he's already taken off the shoe. Now, it's puzzle. And that's why this chalitza is possible. Well, the implication there is, so we're getting this uh, challenge from the implication. The implication is that if she had done the chalitza, she would have to take off the shoe for what? Rova regal, not just rova heel. Right? Shamta he chalitza would be kosher. Rova regal in. Rova ekev lo. Sounds like she would need to take it off most of the foot. So the says, no, 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 no. Don't make that inference from that brysa and, and consider it a challenge to our lacha. No. Hainu rova regal, hainu rova ekev. When it says rova regal there, it means most of the heel. I so my karule rova regal. So why did we say rova regal if we meant rova ekev? Because the entire pressure of the leg is supported by the heel. So we call the heel the foot, right? Like when we say kaduregal, when we say football, we don't mean that you could, you're only allowed to use your foot. You can kick it with your knee or your entire leg. Sometimes foot means leg, leg, you know what I mean. Okay, so here we mean, we say foot, but we mean the heel, okay. Then beside the Rabbi Yanai, so the Gemara points out that that supports the statement of Rabbi Yanai. Then Rabbi Yanai, Ben Shehitir Hu Vishamtahi, Ben Shehitir Hu Vishamatu, Chalitza Sapsula. Yeah, he's not supposed to help her out with the Chalitza at all. She's supposed to do it all on herself. So whether he did the untying of the strap and she took off the foot, the shoe, or she untied it and he took off the shoe, that is not, Good, that is going to be a puzzle. Chalitza actually The woman herself has to do the untying and the taking off of the shoe in order for the chalitza to be, um, to be valid. Okay, so now six lines up from the wide lines or eight lines up from the bottom, whichever way you prefer. Bai Rabbi Yanai, Krasu Mahu. What's the halacha if the Yavama did something unusual? She didn't just do the regular let's untie your, sh- your shoes and take them off. She got flamboyant about it. She ripped it off. Or Sraftumo, even more flamboyant. Literally and figuratively, she burned the shoe off his foot. So, Lundus, Like, what's the point here? Is she supposed to expose his foot? And she managed to do that, certainly. She ripped the whole thing off. Or, is there supposedly an actual shoe removal uh, procedure, where she has to remove it like a regular person, as opposed to rip it off? So, what would be the nafkamina. So, the first, so first of all, the Gemara says take We don't really know. That's a good question. So it says the Gemara. 
What if the guy is wearing a shoe on top of a shoe? Echidami. Oh, we have that in the winter, right? What are those yeshivish um, galoshes? Oh, so let's say the guy's wearing galoshes. Echidami. So So certainly if a guy, it's a, it's a rain and he's a yeshivish guy and he's wearing his Shabbos shoes, or if he's a yeshivish guy in Baltimore, he's wearing his Shabbos sneakers and then he's got his galoshes on top of it. That's the most... That's the most to go to Park Heights move. So, so he has that going on. And so certainly taking off the galoshes is not going to be chalitza, right? Because he's got a shoe underneath. Okay. So, so no. No, no, no. He, she tore the upper shoe and, uh, and removed the bottom one somehow. In other words, she somehow managed to do like a thing, a Houdini act. Like that would be a cool act, right? To somehow figure out how to take off the Shabbos sneaker and leave the galoshes on. Okay, right? And the upper one remains on the, on the, on the foot. My, what would be the halacha then? So in other words, she removed the shoe that's directly on top of his foot. She removed the Shabbos sneaker, but somehow it's still, expo- it's still not exposed because the galoshes are still on. Right? So what would you say? In other words, if all you need is shoe removal, she's done that somehow. But if what you need is full exposure of the foot, so then she hasn't done that because the galoshes are still on. So now, as we turn to Kuf Bezam and Bez with uh, bated breath to see what the halacha would be, says the Gemara, Mi'ika kihai gavna? Is that even possible? Well, how do you remove the bottom shoe and leave the top shoe on? The Gemara says, in, yes, it could be done. Yeah, the, the rabbis once saw Rebutas walking around and he's got Five light pairs of shoes, one on top of the other. How do that works? I don't know. And how do they know that he could take off one without the other? It's a little bit of a gear issue here, but be that as it may, um, he had he had some sort of illness and he had to wear multiple sets. And I guess he could take off one without the other, without the outer, outer one at times. Okay, so that's the first Rabbi Yehuda Marav. Let's go for the second one. I'm Rabbi Yehuda Marav. Okay. One of these multi-generational, and everyone in the whole family is living in the, under the same roof. Okay. So, they're living on the same roof, and one of the brothers gets married, and then tragically dies childless. So now the Yavama is still living with her Yavams around the house. Right? This is before anybody does Yibum or Chalitza, before they sort anything out. They're still living in the same ha- under the same roof for a few months, let's say. Okay? They're waiting for the rabbi to come back from vacation, to, to sort of sort out the side, are they going to Yubam or the Chalitza? So the, she still can marry him even after a few months. So you could say, oh, this is Yavamas. Maybe there's some sort of Arias issue or maybe because they're living together. No, 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 no. It's not what you think. What's the issue? The issue is as follows. Yeah, the chash is that after the brother died, she already became a Yavama, a potential Yavama to these brothers. You know, what, 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 is, what is she doing? What she customarily does, taking off their shoes and giving them foot massage, you know what I'm saying? Like, she may have at one point, right, in a culture where the women, let's say, take off the shoe of the men. So she may have taken off the shoe, and then maybe she accidentally did chalitza, and that's why she can't, you may have thought that that she cannot then do yibum as a consequence of having already done chalitza. Certainly if she already did chalitza, she's free and the zik has been broken. So do we have a concern, this is the question now, do we have a concern that she may have inadvertently done chalitza without any kavana? 
just by the Ari that she may have taken off one of the potential Yavam's shoes. That's the question. Says the Gemara, no, we're not Choshesh for that. So the Gemara asks, wait, why are we not Choshesh? Time of the Lochazinan, Hachazinan, Chashinan. Would we have said that if we had, that, in other words, are, are we concerned that she took off the shoe, but had we, in other words, is the reason, <laughs> like this, is the point that we're not concerned that she took off a shoe, but if we know for sure that she did take off the shoe, we would be concerned? That can't be the case. Why? We have a Bryce that teaches what, Andrew? That Chalitza requires mutual kavana. Both the Cholets and the Nichletzet, whatever you call it, the Cholets and the Nichlats, both of them would have kavana for Chalitza. So if all she's doing is taking the shoe and with no intent to do anything other than like give a foot massage or to just respectfully take off someone's shoe, the chalitza is possible anyway. So that's not the concern. In other words, the concern isn't that she inadvertently, can't be, that she inadvertently took off the shoe because after all, it requires chalitza of both him and hers. Right? Shneim ke'echad. Right? Chalitza sapsula achit kavnu shneim ke'echad. They both have to have kavana for the chalitza. So that can't be the concern. Rather, the Gemara says, Yeah, that's, the, that's what it means. It means that even if we knew that she customarily, again, she's a Shomeris Yavam, and she has all of these other potential Yavamim around the house, and she's taking off all their shoes. So we know that that's going on. And yet, we don't have a Shash that in all of these episodes where she's taking off their shoes, that they both had Kavara Chalitza. That's what we're learning from that. That's one version. Second version is Vikadami, time Chazinon. That no, that it's the first thing we thought, that it's we didn't we don't know whether or not she took off the shoe, but ha chazinon choshin, but if we had seen that she definitely took off the shoe, we could still have a chash, right? Udukatana bay kavan. And what are you gonna say about the Tana that says that you need kavan of both him and hers? Hani alma, mipasla. Ah. Fascinating idea, right? That in other words, with regards to permit her to marry somebody else, so in other words, what are you gonna do? Now, in other words, the rabbi comes back from vacation. So if what the rabbi says, so now I'm going to paint the full scenario. We know that Sprints of the, the Shemaris Yavam was taking off the shoes of all our potential Yavamim for the last couple of months while the rabbi was in uh, Vacation Village. Now the rabbi comes back and we ask, should we do Chalitza or Yibum? So if he says, let's do Chalitza, so you say, you know what, we don't know for sure that she had Kavana. Let's just do a real Chalitza now with Kavana. We'll go through the ceremony and we'll be safe. So for that, we're, 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 not, we're going to assume that she didn't have proper kavana. But, but if the rabbi says, you know what? I actually think it's a good shidduch. Let her marry a rummy, her yavam. So she say, okay, but we have a problem because she's been taking off of rummy's shoes now for a while. For that, we're going to be machmir. In other words, for that, there's the potential that we would be cholets, even though, right? In other words, if she was going to do chalitza with a rummy, so then we would say, you know what? Let's just do a real one because it doesn't matter. No, it's not no harm, no foul. Let's just do one where we know that it's kavana. But it's enough of a bad look. She's been taking off his shoe that we're not going to be matir a yibum here because maybe they had done chalitza. So that makes actual halachic sense, right? As a precaution. Fine. So I'm going to Marav, third and final ruling here. Sandal hatafur bepishton. All right. So most of it is leather uppers, right? But now, can you have some components of this shoe be non leather? So says Rabbi Marav, no. You can't use that. Uh-huh. In a different context, in Yechezkel, 
Now, remember we talked about Masechah Shabbos and Ches. What kind of, what kind of animal was this? Was this, in fact, a unicorn? The Tachash skins that were used for the Mishkan? Anyway, beautiful multicolored animal. But the point is, and Alesh Tachash in there, it uses a shoe and an animal in the same sentence. That's the point. And therefore, in order to be really considered a shoe, this is going to start th- th- sounding a lot like Yom Kippur, right? Because Yom Kippur, you're not allowed to wear a shoe. So we, we famously don't wear the leather shoes, right? So it says, Ve'enalech tachash. A shoe means leather. tachash in Well, if it's going to use that pasuk, so maybe in order to use, so in order to have chalitza, maybe everyone could wear any shoe that they want on Yom Kippur or for chalitza, as it were. Uh, because the only thing that, uh, the other way, for Yom Kippur, you could use anything unless it has a unicorn hair shoe, right? And in order to be kosher for chalitza, it would have to be a tachash shoe. Because if you're going to already go to this pasuk, then alech tachash, maybe it could only be a tachash shoe for it to be used for chalitza. So it's like, no, 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 no. Na'al, na'al riba. The word shoe comes, right, comes up twice, right? So if you're going to say ve'ema tachash in midachrin alo, no. I'm going to say the fact that it says shoe twice is marabe all other kinds of animals also. So he na'al, na'al riba, feel called mili nami. So once it says na'al, na'al, maybe even blue suede would be good, like Andrew's wearing today. So it says the gemara, imkein tachash mai ahanilei. Yeah, but then the tachash comes to reduce it again to leather, okay? So, well, no, suede, I guess, is leather. Point is, even mesh or whatever, no. So, the point is that the structure of the pasuk, since it says now twice, but it says tachash, so it says that it can be any type of leather shoe as long as it's leather. So, to that end, with regards to shoe material, we have the following question. Bar mine, rabbi lazamirav. Oh, at the... Um, we're almost eight lines up from the wide at the symbolic time of 6.13 a.m., Rabbi Lazar asked Rav the following, Who shall or of shall say What about if the shoe is leather, but the straps are made out of hair? So the Gemara says, What do you mean? We said tachash. So tachash, we said, is leather, because an animal is made out of leather. But guess what? Animals also have hair. Certainly the tachash has hair. Right? That's an understatement, because the tachash hair becomes a big deal in the, in the Mishkan. It's a beautiful hair, uh, to say the least. So yachi kulod shall say nami. Okay, so can you have like Uggs? Like full on fur, fur shoe? Would that work? So says the Gemara. So, so, ahu karka mikri. No, no, no. That's not, that's not a shoe. That's a kraka. Oh, kraks minatari minayin. There it is. Karka. How do you like that? But in this context, it's talking about to the furry crocs. They have those now. They have every kind. Saying of, that's, that's a moccasin or a fur. That's an Uggs. That's not a shoe. Very nice. It was worth it to go through all Yavamas just to find Crocs in, in, in the Gemara. And that's why you were wearing them. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You were wondering why I wore them today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Eight line. Uh, okay. But you also came prepared, Andrew. That's a real, that's a real shoe sugi, uh footwear you've got going on today. Eight lines up from the wide. I'm going to stop harassing you. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. Amalei Rav Ghanel of Shmuel. Mimai, Tahai, Vachalta, Nahlomi, Al Raglo. Mishlafu. Okay. Let's talk about the chalitza procedure, okay? It says, right? So as we've already discussed, the woman has to be the one to take off his shoe. But you know, it's funny. Chalitza. Now we're going to get to the etymology of the word. What does chalitza really mean? The chalitza mean remove in every context? Watch this. So we say v'chalitza. We assume that means she takes it off. But we know we have a pasuk that says, there's a pasuk in Vayikra, Sefer Vayikra. You know, when he gets saras, he's supposed to remove the stones that have the saras out of the house. 
And the lashon that's used is v'chiltzu. So that's good. That means you remove. That's removal. That's exactly what it means. Chalitza means removable. Uh, but maybe it doesn't mean removal in that context. Ruzehu. Maybe it means that you should be the first or be fast. You know what they call the original Israelis, the original settlers, chalutzim. So what does that mean? Chalutzim. What does chalutzim mean? Well, we're going to get to that. In other words, chalutzim kind of means the ones that are giving chizuk, the first. So does it mean removal? Does it mean bechazik? We talk about chilot tzatzamos, right, on every Rosh Chodesh benching. Chaim shel chilot tzatzamos. So what does it mean? To strengthen the bones? To take apart the bones? Were we asking for life where our bones get taken apart? So what does chalitza mean? So, so, so in this context, that's in Sefer Bamidbar, that you should, right, be mechazek, the women for tzavah. So there it could mean remove, because you're moving the soldiers from their homes. Okay? Matt, what does chalitza mean? There's chalutzim. There's, there's chalitza. So chalitza, we assume, means removal. So how about this? That's already a pasuk in Eov, that Hashem will support. Yechalet sounds like he's going to support the Ani, right? So chalutzim could mean like support the first people that are coming to Israel to settle. So bishar anyo yechalzo medinoshal gehenim. So no, in the context of yechalet ani beanyo means that in the schar, um, in the merit of being an Ani his whole life in olam hazeh, he's releasing him from the retribution of gehenim in olam habad. So in that context, even though Yechalet sounds like he's supporting him, no, but he's really supporting his Olam Abad. Not, he's not going to actually physically support him Olam Abad. Uh-oh. That's not what you realized it meant. Okay. How about the Pasuk So it could still mean removal. How about the Pasuk Etehillim? So the angel of Hashem is encamping around those who fear him, and he supports him, it sounds like, right? In other words, if you are a Tzaddik, Hashem's angels are around you, supporting you, holding you up. So chalitza there doesn't mean removing you. It means holding you up. So says the Gemara there too. It means that when you have God-fearing people, Hashem is holding him up, but the pasuk chalitzem doesn't really mean the word, literally doesn't mean support. It means removal from the retribution of Gehenna. Okay, so let's persist with more pesukim here. Oh, here we are. Chilatzatzamos. Don't you remember Masechus Brachos? That of all the brachas that you can have, right, the best way to, to, be, to, to give somebody a good bracha is say, Hashem, may Hashem strengthen your bones. True story, 30 years ago, I went to New Square for Shabbos and they gave me a tour. And I'm looking around and I don't see any gymnasium, gym. I don't see any basketball court. I don't see tennis courts. I don't even see a field. So I'm saying these people, all they're doing is standing and sitting all the time. So I asked Blazer Danziger, my tour guide, I said, what do they do around here for chilotz atzamos? So he said to me, we bench for shchaydish. Okay. So, so it's chayim shel chilotz atzamos. But what does chilotz atzamos mean? Strengthening the bones? So ve'amarava ziruze garmi. So it means strengthening the bones, but maybe there it means putting on the shoe, with, uh, it, putting the shoe on the yavam's foot. And that's how the chalitza should be. Maybe chalitza means putting it on. Oh, now we're really confused. So the Gemara says, in, mash mahachi, mash mahachi, enachinami. Chalitza can mean putting on, it can mean strengthen, it can mean taking off. But here, regarding the yavama, it can't be that it's saying put it on. Because you got to look at the rest of the pasuk, right? 
the Pasuk says, na'alo me'al raglo. So, so what does that sound like? It sounds like she's taking it off. It's already on his foot. So therefore, be, even though chalitza, the word itself, can be ambiguous. But here, obviously, it means remove it, because it's saying that it's already on his foot. Right? If it meant to put it on, it would say, put chalitza beraglo, put it on his foot. So the man said, no. If it said beraglo, then we would have said no, that if you put it on the shoe on the foot, it's okay, but you can't put the strap on. It would have been too confusing. Right, it would, we would have thought that if she puts the shoe on, but then straps it on his thigh, it's not good. And maybe it means that if she puts it on his leg, which is generally on the foot, and then can, and she can even tie it up to his knee. Okay, so my So to make a long story short, the context of me'al raglo takes this otherwise ambiguous word of chalitza, which could mean taking on or putting off or being mechazek, and it puts it in context and means, in that context, it certainly means that the mitzvah is to do what? To remove the chalitza shoe. Very good. Six lines down from the wide. There was an apikairis who said to Rabbi Gamliel, the Jews are a forsaken nation, because Hashem performed chalitza on them. These these course, I'm used to know their psukim. We don't have a person like this as much. Uh, it's the Pasuk in Oshea. He's going to say, they're going to go with their sheep and their cattle to Hashem and they're not going to find them. Why? In other words, you're going to go bring Karbanas and Hashem's going to ignore them because he's already done with them. He has done Chalitza for Klal Yisrael. He's done. So Amar Leis, so Rabbi Gamliel said to him, Hey, fool, Shote. Listen up, fool. Chalatz Mehem means what? Mixiv Chalatz Lahem. If Hashem was doing chalitza to us, it would have been chalatz lahem. That's not what it says. Chalatz mehem ksiv. Chalatz mehem means from them. Oh. So what's the case? It's as if the Yavama, Klal Yisrael, is trying to do chalitza to the Yavam. That's not, right? So that's not the procedure. Right? Like a Yavama trying to, to do chalitza to the Yavam. Bilu Yavama, the chalitzul mina achin. So let's say it's as if the shoe is on the Yavama, which is us. And, right, and, and a Yavam is taking off her shoe. That's Klali so. In other words, the Jews are trying to take off their own shoe, but it doesn't work, right? It says, Midid Mishasha Ispe. In other words, if a Yavama tried to take off her own shoe, right, would it work? So Klali Israel Ainachinami, they're behaving badly and they're trying to sever their bond, Chach Vashalom, with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, by doing Chalitza on themselves. Hashem will never do Chalitza on them. So when you see that Pasuk, even in the Pasuk it's showing, yeah, you may want to try to get away and to recuse yourself of the, right, responsibilities, but I will never let you go, Hashem says. I will never forsake you. Wow. Two dots, 14 lines up from the, from the bottom. We'll do a little more and then we'll start davening over here. Can you use a sock? Says the Gemara, Yeah, a sack is not a shoe. It's not Nami. We learned the Mishnah in, in Shkalin. If you're separating truma here, it doesn't mean a toreim uh, usually means like a uh, philanthropist. Here it means somebody who's separating the truma from the treasury can't do so in socks. It's a navaida, right? And certainly you're not allowed to go, right? With a minal or sandal, because the person who's separating the truma has to go into the azara, and you're not allowed to go with socks, and therefore certainly not with shoes. However, now this is yuma stuff. 
can you wear this on Yom Kippur? So you can't, you can't, wear, you can't walk around with a minnal. And then it sounds, you can't even walk around like a sock. Sounds like if socks are also from Yom Kippur, that they're also. So, Amar the East Bay, Mishum Tanug. Yeah, that's talking about Uggs. And they're so deliciously um, comfortable that you should wear this. Are you not allowed to wear very um, comfortable shoes on Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur is the one day that people are wearing the most comfortable shoes in shul. The Rabbi Ravuna used to wear the most comfortable sneaks. So, it's all about the leather on Yom Kippur. Leather is not allowed, uh, and cloth is allowed. Yeah, then that makes sense in the context of Yom also. You can't, you can't walk around in, in his undershoes, but he can walk around in socks. When it comes to Yom Kippur, it's dealing with uh, leather that you cannot wear, but Beged is fine. Shmami na. And so we leave off here with three lines up from the bottom of Kofbeza Mabez. Have a good Shabbos.